Hi, I'm Stephen Simcox. Alex Frank is back with us, and we're going to start today talking some NFL draft TCU players at the Combine who could show out with their testing numbers. We'll discuss that more next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube, also wherever it is you get your favorite podcast in its audio form. Um, I am Stephen Simcox. You can find me on Twitter at SimcoxSteven. If you missed it last week, uh, we had a guest, Alex Frank, join us, and he's here with us again this week. We've had a number of fans on recently. Um, Alex has been communicating with me back and forth the last few weeks. He's really passionate about TCU sports, recent graduate. And so uh, we're going to get to basketball in a minute. I threw up an episode last night about the Frogs went over Texas, and we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk more kind of big picture, um, where the program is, where they are in the season in segment two. But I wanted to start today with NFL Combine, um, testing, you know, measurements, all that stuff starts today. And there's nine TCU players there. I'll quickly run through the names. Um, Alan Ali, Steve Avila, Darius Davis, Max Duggan, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, Dylan Horton, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller, and D. Winters. And Alex, we've seen the Combine, I think really in our life, like as we've grown up, it's gone from oh, this is kind of a funny thing that happens to an actual three-day event. NFL Network is broadcasting around the clock about what's happening. The draft has become – the NFL draft has become like its own entity. Um, But this is a big deal. Like this is a chance for these guys to show off for NFL scouts. So my question to you first is, who do you think out of this group could really help their stock with the athleticism that they could display – um, over the next few days? Um, yeah, I, I would say Quentin Johnston, first and foremost. I mean, he's he really one of his main uh, upsides in potentially being a wide receiver one is his sheer athleticism. So he has to put that on tape to make that case. Um, Darius Davis, really, really crucial. Uh, You know, they're projecting him to be a uh, um, like a Cavante Turpin style player um, in the NFL. So it's really important that he shows his uh, four. I believe he has a four, three, six, which is just as fast as Tyreek Hill. Um, So he's a little speed demon, for lack of a better word. Um, And then uh, Max. Max should be able to display his running ability um, as kind of assert himself as that dual threat um, backup option. But in terms of uh, sheer potential um, of the group, um, I think Kendra Miller, honestly, or Steve Avila, um, in my mind, have the best opportunities to be very, very good pros. Um, not just in the combine, but um, all the other intangibles, like uh, Steve Avila, pretty much a sure thing. 
there's questions about his his upside as opposed to other offensive linemen. But you know, they project scouts project that he will come in, make an immediate impact. And with Kendra Miller, you know, I mentioned this a little last week. He's kind of um, just trucking and a violent runner. Um, and he's a lot faster, like you said, than people realize. Um, so all those traits coming in, especially with his strength and elusivity, um, make him have some good tendencies for the pros. Those are some good thoughts. Um, I, I agree with you on some of that. I'm, I'm going to hone in on one guy that I think can make himself some some money this week. Uh, and it, it sort of go. It, I'm going to kind of double up because it kind of combines with the player that I'm most concerned about. So yeah. <clears throat> I think Darius Davis, and you touched on it, he has to run a good 40. Like it's just imperative. Um, if he can run in like the mid four threes like you were talking about, that's fantastic. And if he doesn't, not that it's like the end of the world, but I just, as the season went on last year, you know, Darius obviously showed his potential and um, just what he can do on special teams. And so that's a huge deal. But in the NFL now, we've seen kickoff returns have gradually become less and less important. Punt returns are still a big deal, but there's there's not as much of a path as there used to be, I think, to be like just specialty return guy. Now, your point was good about Cavante Turpin, and he ended up in the Pro Bowl this year, and he did a really good job for the Cowboys. Um, but it's always a fun idea in theory. People are like, okay, you have this great return man. That means you should use him on offense. Now, like you look historically, even a dude like Devin Hester, which he might be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he only had like 3,000 yards receiving for his career. And it was always, you know, Alex, you know, this being a bear, you know, being in Chicago, like the, it was like every offseason, I was like, man, they got to, they got to put Devin out there wide and get him the ball 10 to 15 times a game. But the reality is they just don't really manufacture touches for those types of players in the league. And I think, I would love to be wrong about this, but for a guy who only had one game in his career over 100 yards receiving at the college level, I would be a little surprised if all of a sudden Darius just becomes like a, a really reliable, um, you know, slot receiver, even though that would certainly give his, you know, draft stock a huge boost. But I think for him, there's there's a path for him to be a contributor in the NFL, but it really is contingent on his athleticism and speed and can he be – a return guy because that that's that's kind of you know um but i, I want to go back to you as far as if whether it's davis or somebody else the guy that you don't necessarily can't think can't make it but like you just have some reservations about them at the next level um, sorry what was the uh, the player yeah the tcu player of this group that you you have some concerns about as a pro you're not sure like what, what their role is going to be. Yeah. Sorry. The stream broke up. Um, yeah. Again, I think it's Quentin Johnston. Uh, he, he seems to have the biggest bust potential um, of the entire group. Uh, 
no other prospect really um, shows kind of ceiling and floor. Um, and most of that comes down to his rounding ability. I mean, he doesn't really run route tree. I, I love the guy. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, but there, you know, he has tendencies if you watch his game that are um, not ideal at the next level. So body catching, um, and you could see that throughout the season, not only really using your hands to get the ball like a JSN type receiver, um, but more using your chest to cradle it in. Uh, you can't really do that at the level. And again, he has to show that he can run a full route tree. So, Yeah, I have some questions about Quentin too. I mean, I will say I think he had one season where he was in kind of a functioning offense with a clear identity and he did he did well he excelled last year but yes i think there's inconsistencies there um he's gonna have to figure out how to run better routes yeah the, the body catching was an issue at times and you know to be frank like it's a different coaching staff so this is not really um I, it's, in some ways it's not relevant but there's not been a great history of tc wide receivers at the yeah. next level recently like jalen rager has struggled He's a totally different player than Quentin. You know, Josh Doxson is a guy that I think has some similarities to, to Q. Um, sure. And it didn't work in Washington. He was banged up a lot. But yeah. you saw some of that, you know, athleticism. But somebody's going to fall in love with him. I know that because he's just, I mean, he's a freak. Um, yeah. I saw him throw out a dunk like between the legs the other day. Um, I mean, he's, he's just one of those special guys that, that you can't teach that stuff. So um, good thoughts there, Alex. Combine going on right now. Uh, I want to transition to basketball here in a second. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention FanDuel, uh, one of our great sponsors. FanDuel is the place to be if you want to wager on sports. Um, they have an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. Uh, you can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to take advantage of their no sweat first bet. You put uh, as much as a $5 bet down, and you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel. They're the official betting sponsor of the NBA. That's in full swing right now. Playoffs coming up. If you want to bet on the money line or some specific props, you could do that. Major League Baseball is right around the corner. They'll have plenty of betting options there. March Madness coming up as well. FanDuel, LockedOn.com slash, or excuse me, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And you can take advantage of that no sweat first bet deal. Again, they're the official betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Okay, so uh, TCU beat Texas last night, which was awesome. And uh, it was a rough game for Mike Miles. He was 0-12 from the field, only had one point. But they still got it done. They won 75-73. Now, Alex has some interesting thoughts on a couple different topics, but I wanted to start with um, just in general, and I think you sent this out on Twitter last night. You don't think this Texas team – excuse me – is as good as their record might say. And so, I mean, did you come away last night disappointed that they they didn't win by more? Or what was sort of your, your thought process after the game? Yeah, totally. Um, I think analytically, when you break it down, um, I, I think when healthy, TCU is a top 10 team. 
Um, the analytics clearly show that. John Rothstein, you know, continuously says TCU is the highest ceiling of any Big 12 team, which I believe, if you actually watch their games, absolutely true. Um, with concern to Texas, yes, I do. I really believe that they are extremely overrated. Um, like Alabama, they have a lot of um, consistency issues and they have some amazing athletes, but um, chemistry at times looks a little off. They can get a little sloppy with ball handling. One of the commentators mentioned this last night, but you know, if Texas is dribbling a lot, um, they're, they're struggling because they have to get it down quick. They're, they're a fast tempo team. Um, but yeah, I, so, I mean, speaking of fan duel, I mean, the line was minus two and a half, uh, actually minus three and a half TCU, mm -hmm. um, Vegas really loves the frogs when they're healthy. Um, and I, I just thought that, um, they, they would play better 22 turnovers. You could debatably say that was. Um, the worst showing uh, for the team as a whole. Um, you know, I would argue the Kansas game, the second one, um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I, I think the the main issue is cleaning up those turnovers. But man, if if I if I ask one thing, guys, it is I really hope that no one on Twitter rips on Damian Ball ever again um without his efforts wouldn't have won at all um he was absolutely incredible and in making things happen from the paint um really good a dribble drive penetrator um really impressed with him and then Manuel Miller just bodying Texas all night um he's gonna be really 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 uh special when he gets another year in him. And I, I see NBA flashes with him, um, but it's more for, I'm thinking the tournament where he can actually just shine because he's so athletic and he has such good physicality that he can easily control the boards with anyone in the nation. Um, so this is all, good in retrospect that Jamie keeps pushing the team um, in the right direction. He's experimenting with more of a small ball look. Um, I, I tend to like that. So yeah, I, there are some, definitely some negatives from last night, but a lot of positives as well. Yeah. I mean, it's all about perspective. I, I came away just encouraged that they were able to win a game where they didn't play super well because they've been in a lot of those this year. Kansas, the second time around, is a good example <clears throat> where, you know, defense kind of kept them in it, effort and energy sort of kept the game close. But when it came down to it, <clears throat> they just couldn't couldn't get it done. And so on a night where Mike didn't shoot the ball well and you turn the ball over a lot, you still found a way to score 75 points and win the game. Uh, yeah, Damian was fantastic, I think. He's he's going to still be a lightning rod. Like the next time he has a, a bad night, people will, will go after him. And like we're, we're reacting to these things in real time. So to a certain extent, that's that's understandable. 
Uh, Miller was good. I feel like it's the first time in a while his mid-range jumper looked good, looked smooth and looked like he was in a rhythm. Um, and I, th- I feel like that helped him, you know, play with high energy and effort yesterday. So, I don't know. This team, they're good. They have clear limitations. They don't shoot the ball well. Um, they're probably going to turn it over a good amount. And I, I still – Late in games, it seems like Jamie just wants to play ISO ball with these guards. Um, and I, I don't know how effective that is. It got them a few buckets last night. But the half-court offense when the game slows down yeah. is is a concern. I mean, they just don't get quality looks. It really is about guys making tough shots. And I don't know if they can – like, I don't know if they can do that. Um if they get to the second weekend, but that's a whole nother discussion because I got to get there first. Uh, it, it does sort of bring me to another point, which I want to, I want to hear your full opinion here on this because you sure. texted me this and I didn't, you know, I, I kind of got what you're saying, but not totally. Um, you like where this team's going and in general, I get that, but then you also feel like they played better than maybe people gave them credit for with, with Mike and Eddie out. Uh yeah, for sure. I, I think that the way um, I think the way in which they played generally um, when Eddie and Miles were out was um, very flawed, obviously. But um, it also demonstrated the level of depth thing to me. Um, so, like, firm example, you know, you can look at. You can look at uh, Baylor. I mean, that was a really tough loss. Um, but, I mean, a, hunt, a lot of dudes stepped up that day. Um, and, you know, TCU probably should have won that game. Um, Oklahoma State, great show of resiliency. Um, and just it not being able to come through with it during the clutch because of the – uh, the reasons, I mean, that was a firm example of what you just said, playing the half-court uh, iso ball, like, at the end of the games. Like, against Oklahoma State, that was a clear display of the limitations of that style. So, um, yeah, I, I think that um, the program is moving in the right place generally, um, you know, for years to come. Like, I stand by that for sure. Like if you look at the players they're going after in 2024, it's really exciting. Um, You know, without Jamie Dixon, I don't know if this is possible personally, but um, yeah, it's, it, we need a solid tournament showing and I truly believe that they are final four potential when they put it together. The issue is you can't have that many turnovers in Sweet 16. You just can't. Um, yeah. So that's that's where we are, right? Yeah. I mean, I struggle. I just don't think they shoot well enough to get that far. But I think if they ran into the right matchup, there might be a path. Um, but the, the direction of the program is intriguing. I feel like next year is going to tell us a lot. And part of it just depends on who comes back. Like you mentioned Emmanuel Miller. I would love if he comes back for another season. Uh, if he does, and this team's gonna be a lot better, but you're you're probably losing miles. Not sure what Eddie's status is since he hasn't played a lot this year. Anyway, all that to say, 
Um, your recruiting class is pretty small at the moment. Now they do have a shot at Dennis Evans and PJ Haggerty will be in the rotation next season, I think. Um, and Evan Evans, Dennis Evans already signed with uh, Minnesota though. So he signed with Minnesota, but he asked out of his uh, letter of intent. And so he is, wow. he's back on the market. I don't know. It sounds like Louisville. It sounds like it's trending Louisville, but they're okay. at least, they're at least in the mix there. Um, apparently Dennis just wants to hit all the worst power five schools in the country on Minnesota <laughs> and then in Louisville. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but anyway, they have an opportunity uh, and I'm sure they'll hit in the portal. I just, next season will be, there'll be a lot more uncertainty. So I, yeah. I want to see how they do, but there's clearly like Jamie is, uh, I know some people get frustrated, um, about the style of play but he has like he has a clear vision and foundation which is he's going to get guys that play tough play hard um and that'll that's going to win you with you know a certain amount of games so uh I, I like where they're going to and we'll we'll come back here in a second and wrap things up that's some basketball talk we got a, a baseball weekend upcoming and alex is actually going to be uh in the stands there that's coming up next on lockdown horn frogs Okay, final thing for us. Uh, so TCU baseball, they're going to play at Minute Maid Park um, this weekend in the Shriners Classic for children. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. That field is usually pretty stacked. I think this year is a, a little more muted than usual, but a couple good programs, um, really historically a lot of good programs there. They'll play Michigan on Friday, and then they play Louisville on Saturday, and then Rice on Sunday. Uh, and I didn't think about this until I saw it again. But, yeah, the Michigan game, rematch of the college football playoff. So that's sort of funny. But, Alex, you'll be in attendance, right? You'll be there Friday afternoon for that game against uh, against the Wolverines? Yeah, me and my uh, my sister and her uh, her boyfriend live in Houston, and they're, uh, they all went to Ohio State. So mm. we all just relish in uh, watching Michigan fail. Lose. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so they just have a, a hate Michigan brigade there, which is a good deal. It, and, we were really close to a family uh showdown in the national championship. Oh, that's true. Yeah, who was that kicker that missed that kick? I can't remember. Noah Ruggles. Noah Ruggles. I might dislike him more than anybody because I feel like that game, I, f- I think that game would have been closer if he would have hit that, but yeah, uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, that's that's intriguing. I didn't realize your, your family was, was Ohio State heavy. That's funny, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they play Michigan, they play Louisville, they play Rice. I, I'm intrigued to see this pitching staff, what it looks like this weekend. They had some young guys that look great on Tuesday, uh, so that's coming up. Uh, Alex, what are you? What, what's kind of on your mind with the baseball team as you go down there to check them out Friday? What are you looking to see? Yeah, I I want to see more consistency on the hitting side, uh, like we. I know it's going to be really hard to replicate this, but, you know, at least flashes of what we saw against Arkansas or Vanderbilt would be great. Um, I'm really – I think you and I s- said this over tax, but um, just the pitching staff is pretty locked in right now, no pun intended. Um, and, I mean, that DBU game was crazy. Just a complete yeah. defensive showdown. And then Trey Richardson coming up in the clutch and making a big hit. 
it's really all that's needed. Just don't overthink the process. Um, and really love, uh, I believe this is his second year, but I really love, uh, I really love what Kirk has done. Uh, I mean, the transfer class that he brought in is part of the reason why we are in the top 10 right now. Um, and if we can just win out this weekend, which is going to be difficult, um, but still realistic, um, you know, we can probably pop down at number seven, number six, which would be really, really nice. Um, kind of butt up against those SEC schools, show them how Big 12 plays baseball too. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing if we can get some more hitting consistency. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, it's tapered off since that huge weekend. I think part of that was Nunez being out of the lineup, but um, now he's back, so hopefully they can get back into a good rhythm uh, against Michigan and then Louisville and Rice. So that'll do it for today. It is Locked on Horn Frogs. Uh, I'm Stephen Simcox. That's Alex Frank. It's your team every day.